This is, a, this is an amazing, wonderful, huge day for our church. Uh, if you're a guest, we're glad that you're here. We, I'm going to introduce some of the guests that are here because they're family and special friends that have come for this occasion. Um, I'm probably going to miss somebody, just so you know, so please forgive me. But if you're, if you're not on the list, we're still glad you're, you're here. Uh, in case you don't know who I am, my name is Mike Schroeder. My wife, Ev, and I, we pastor this church. We're part of a team of elders. And today is a day that we're going to be uh, formally inducting uh, and uh, our newly minted <laughs> associate pastors, Tanya and Matt Jansen, who are sitting right there with their family. From their side and from our side, this has been a long time coming, and it's just a wonderful day. It's a wonderful day. And they've, uh, they've brought family with them. And uh, maybe you folks don't, don't stand. Just wave at us, if you would. So first of all, we have Gary and Karen Jansen, who are Matt's folks. And then, yeah. How about we clap for everybody all at once after? Can we do that? Because uh, this might take just a little while. And then... Uh, uh, Matt's brother, Jackson, is here with his daughter, and uh, he's here. And then Murray and Sue Thiessen are Tanya's folks, and we love them. Uh, they, they were, no, you weren't elders here when you left, but they were in this church when Southgate Church started, and Southgate is the church that, that is sending us some of their best in uh, Tanya and Matt. We'll hear from, about that a bit later. And then Christian and Tamara Hull are here with their families. And Tamara is, is Tanya's wonderful sister. And uh, the, the most wonderful of your sisters, is, as I understand it. Is that right? Um, and then uh, Devin and Amy are here as well. Devin is, is Tanya's brother, and we're glad that you're here. God bless you. I'm kind of related to Amy in a long-distance way, and so uh, it's just great to have you here. Um, and so then we have pastors and ministers as well that are here uh, from all around, people that love us. We're going to hear from Tamana a little bit later, uh, well, actually fairly soon, but Tamana is here. Tamana McTaggart and her husband Dave, Pastor Southgate Church, and you'll see her in a minute. Liza Clark is here with uh, her daughters, uh, her daughter Julie and her daughter-in-law. I call her a daughter. Lori is there. Too. Yeah, there she is. And uh, so we're looking forward to hear from Liza as well. Bonnie and Mitch are here from Hill City Church in Abbotsford. We just love them. They love us, and that's why they're here. And Well, they love Jesus. They love our church. Have you have actually been? You, you've been here before, but it's been a while, hasn't it? We're glad that you're here. Friends of ours and through our church, Adrian, you've, you've been here lots ministering on prophetic teams, and her husband Blake has been such a great strength to us. We love you. Thank you for coming. They are from Hope City Church in Abbotsford. Stephen, Leanne Harris are their, their elders at Southgate as well. And no, they're not, but they, they, they run half the church with the <laughs> stuff that they do. So we're glad that they're here. Uh, I, and there's a grandma here, Frida Simmons. That's Tanya's grandmother. That's right. And everybody else that's here, you're, we're all... Oh, Lauren and Linda, they didn't make the list. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they're on the list. Lauren is going to be preaching uh, later this morning. And Linda and Lauren are such good friends of ours. We just love them so much. 
thanks, honey, I, I need all the help I can get. My wife, she gives me all the direction, and I, I need even more than that. So please help me, everybody, if you would. Um, okay, so Southgate Church was a church that was planted from our church about 23 years ago, 23, 24. 23 years, yeah, coming up in a few weeks probably. And uh, b- before that, for 35-ish, 36 years, Tamana and her husband Dave have been friends of ours, and they've been just an incredible support. If I can think of one person that's reached out to me uh, in my life, just out of the blue, but regularly and routinely, and always a, it's always a good day when Dave McTaggart phones me and calls me to encourage me, sends me texts, and Tamana has been a friend to us personally, and she loves this church she and Dave came from this church when they went to plant Southgate. And uh, Tamana's going to come and she's going to share a little bit what's on her heart. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, wow. This is emotional for me and I don't want to cry because I worked really hard to look good this morning. <laughs> so don't make me mess my makeup up. You know, the older you get, the harder you have to try. Uh, yeah, so as Mike said, I came to this church last month, uh, would have been 49 years ago. I wasn't even born yet. No, no I was 15. And um, this church just loved, I loved this church the day I left. I still love this church. And uh, this, lo- this church loved me watched me grow up, gave me room, released me, saw gifts in me. My husband became a Christian here. His whole Christian born again White Rock. 26 years we were here. And uh, yeah, and it's coming up 23 years that Southgate is celebrating next in a couple of weeks. And uh, what really stands out to me over and over again was how gracious many of you that are here were to us. I remember John and Liza insisted that we were pastors when we were like, no, we're not. No, we're not. And someone had to prophesy over us in the midst of a bunch of pastors, and Liza said, I knew it. I knew it. And there was such joy and support for us that was, I would say, unprecedented. And uh, they sowed, they released us very graciously. And we had a great model for us to release Tanya and Matt. You know, there's a principle of reaping and sowing, right? So, Tanya, I think we've been your pastors for almost 30 years. And Matt, I, I think a good 18, 20 years. And uh, they are very, you've, you've already experienced this, I'm sure, they're very loving, loyal, consistent, faithful, godly people. And I would say we released our best to you. And it is, in that way, it's, it's sometimes difficult, but it's, it was, is right. And it was, and it, and it was such a joy to release them to this church, to this, our home church. I, I have deep feelings when I come here. My kids were born and dedicated and raised here. And, uh, and you are good people. 
And I've told many people, don't be surprised. They may be old, but they are wise, strong, godly people of God. And as we were worshiping, I had a picture of a, of a vine that we planted. Um, you don't realize this, but I'm really impatient. Dave is way more patient than me. And he is really sad that he can't be here today, but he sends his love. So I decided we were having a wedding in our backyard. It was about the second year of Southgate. And I wanted it to be perfect, so I went and bought a wisteria vine. And I had seen people's wisteria vines just grow like crazy. And they, they assured me they grow really fast. I planted it in the spring. The wedding was in the summer. And I thought, this vine, I could just see it. It was just going to be right across. And all these purple flowers were going to come down. And it was just going to match. And it was going to be perfect. And, and everyone was going to love it. And they were going to comment on it. And uh, so I planted it. And I faithfully waited for it to grow. And it was like, mm. Like, that's exaggerating, like, oh, it gets worse. So, you know, like year after year, I waited for this. So I thought, okay, I I planted it too late. Next year, it's going to be amazing. And you know what? I think I waited about 17 years. And you should see it now. It's amazing. But I didn't realize how thick the stock had to become. And now, Dave can hardly keep up with it. He goes, oh, that was steria, and he's hacking it down and it's growing like profusely you know what I mean so a lot yeah and all these beautiful purple flowers come down and I just was reminded that you know God is at work whether we see it or not and God's timing always seems a little late don't you think for our really like honestly but the more beautiful the growth You know, and you hear it, and you know it, kind of, but you don't really want to walk through it. But I just felt the beauty of God upon this house and the growth of God upon this house. And I pray that upon this house because you have sown. You've sown in tears. You've sown deeply into Dave and my life. And so it is our honor, it is our privilege to give back in this way. And I just want to read the scripture Oh, you are not going to make me look good. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. Right now, therefore, every time you get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. And you are you're my closest church, apart from my church, our church. But it's family, and I'm really on this kick about the household of God and the family of God. And it's, I remember when we left, sorry, I'm going a little late, but I remember Dave Clark said something about transplanting and, and grafting in. And Lori, you probably remember that. And I was kind of, I, I thought today, I feel like I'm seeing that. And some of those words, that's a long time to wait, right? That's 23 years. But God is still faithful. God still, what he begins, he accomplishes. What he starts, he finishes. And he's a God that's life-giving. And sometimes we're just saying it. We're not saying it with emotion. We're not saying it with faith. We're just saying it because we know, we know, we know that it's true. And we declare it. And I pray that you are fortified and that you are um, fortified with everything that you need to withstand the lies of the enemy because he's pretty tricky. Pray with all that you've got. Believe with all that you can. 
regardless of what your emotions are saying, regardless of what circumstances are saying. And I feel the, the favor of God is upon this house. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Tamana. Uh, I, I have been thinking about this for a long time. And uh, one day, hopefully sooner than later, we'd like to have you come and preach for us. Because did you notice, did you notice with that, just that change when she started ministering the word? She's got an anointing on her life that we need more of here in Life Church. We love you. God bless you. So very honored to have Liza Clark here. Liza and her husband John pastored this church. I think it was 40 years or something uh, over, the, over the years. And Liza, she looks like she did when I first met her. Come on up, Liza, if you would, please. This is John Clark's wife. She is going to share a greeting from both of them. And John wanted to be here, but he's, he's busy. God bless you, Liza. that John wishes he was here and he and I said I will go on your behalf and give whatever you want to say to Matt and Tanya so I he did write this and I'm going to read it but I echo every sentiment in here and this blesses me that this is happened that you guys are coming it blesses me to be here today to help confirm that and um I suppose the little personal note of that you and Julie, my daughter, are, were friends from way back and still are great friends. And they, Julie's here to bless you guys too. And Lori, my other daughter, he called her my daughter-in-law, but I call her my daughter, and who has a very soft spot for you guys as well. And so um, I'm just going to read this. And... And I um, also, I should just, as a side note, say that the reason John's not here is because he's on a charter. You know, he do, does these skipper charters on our sailboat with Tamon and Dave's son, Scott, and other son, Drew, and son-in-law, Chris, and Denver, Harris. So they will be thinking about you all today as well, I'm sure. Dear Matt and Tanya, I want to express my heartfelt commendation and satisfaction at your induction into pastoral ministry at White Rock Life Church. You've been such faithful servants and friends to our family of churches here in White Rock in your youth, Tanya, and both of you for such a long time at Southgate Church in Langley. We're blessed by your coming and by Southgate's willingness to release you to give yourselves in ministry service here. Personally, I am, in, I am deeply comforted by your decision to come work with Mike and Ev. It shows faith toward our future and invests fresh generational leadership for the years to come. I'm fully confident you are well suited to the commission you've been given. It's not all about your gifts and talents, which are many. It's about knowing you are assigned to a specific post by a call from God that is deeply accompanied by a sense of peace. If you have that confidence, which I know it will be a fruitful and purposeful tenure, his grace will be sufficient to the work he has called you to do. Not only that, it will be fun. We'll take that as a prophecy, right? <laughs> Whatever your gifts 
or talents, the heart of the job is pastoral. Feed my sheep is a call to love. No matter what happens, you can rely on the Spirit to give you a deep, abiding love for the people, and all will be well. Though my path has led me to a calling to love the people he sends me in the wilderness, and so consequently I'm not around as much, I want you to know that Liza and I will be praying for you both regularly, whether home or away, and I will come to the church when I am around home. Your teaming up with Mike and Ev reminds me of the days when Liza and I served with Vernon Marge. It was a good combination. All our blessings, Pastor John. Thank you. Can I keep that? Okay, thank you. All right. Now, I just want to tell you what we're going to be doing, just so you know, because you're thinking, okay, it's already 11.15. What's going to happen next? Okay, what's happening next is that we're going to, not right this moment, but in a few minutes, we're going to have... Uh, Matt and Tanya come up here, and my wife and I are going to give them a formal charge. And then I'm, a part of that is going to be, I'm going to be asking our church congregation for uh, a response, which I'll tell you about later. And then we're going to have prayer for them, and I'll be inviting all of our elders that are part of our church and all the guest ministries that are here to come. And there may be actually some prophetic words, there may not, but there's going to be some, a prayer time. And during that time, we'd like to ask you, if you would, just to mix your faith with all of those prayers, if you would, please. After, after that, we're going to receive an offering and have announcements, which we just do, because that's what we do. That's what Christians do, right? We, we have to have announcements. And then we're going to take a break, and the kids will go to their classes, and we'll have Pastor Lauren preach for a, a, you know about two or three hours. No, just kidding. Uh, It'll, it'll seem like 10 minutes. It might be a lot longer than that, but it'll be awesome. Then we're going to close the meeting, and we're having a catered lunch, okay? And probably we'll get most of that done by noon, but maybe a little, not the lunch. We'll start the lunch probably about 12, 15-ish, but we want everybody to, to stay if you can, okay? So just so you know what's going to be happening. So right now, if I could please ask Matt and Tanya to come up, my wife to join me. And uh, I'm going to change microphones right now. You're going to have that one. Yeah, we're just going to give that one to you. Tag team mics, I yeah, get it. tag team mics. Yeah, that's probably better, yeah. <laughs> all right, so just want to share some scriptures. First of all, uh, we all, the four of us standing up here, we all believe very strongly in the word of God and, and the fact that it is the Bible is a faithful standard and a living document, really, that the Holy Spirit uses to speak to us. And so just a couple of scriptures from Ephesians chapter 4. I, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there's one body, there's one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And this is Titus. An elder must be blameless, faithful to his wife, 
a man whose children believe and are not open to the charge of being wild and disobedient. Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain, but rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the trustworthy message as it has been taught so that he can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Also in 1 Timothy chapter 4, don't let anyone look down upon you because you are younger. Ish. Young-ish. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Don't neglect your gift which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands upon you. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone can see your progress. Watch your life and your doctrine closely. Persevere in them, because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. 1 Timothy 6, 11 to 14. But you, man and woman of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses and in the sight of God who gives life to everything and of Christ Jesus. I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. And one more from 2 Timothy. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. Uh, I, I'm just, I just got to say this. These people are, 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 this is who they are. This is actually, it's just a formal a formalization, but this is not a news flash for them. This is who they are, and we are so blessed. So I got some questions for you, and then you're going to respond, and then I'll have a question for all of us here in the church, and you'll respond, and then one more for them. All right. It feels like a wedding, doesn't it? It actually <laughs> is a lot like a wedding in lots of ways. So Matt and Tanya, will you commit to honor the Scripture by recognizing it as God's inerrant, all-sufficient, living, and authoritative word. Will you commit to leading a godly home, teaching your family the things of God, guiding them to love Christ and his church? Will you love and pray for this church family and embrace the life church leadership and faith and values and vision? And will you commit to provide leadership to this church by being an example to this congregation committed to a godly life? By God's grace, we will. All right. That's, that's a good answer. Thank you. Now, their answer is the answer I'm hoping from our congregation here. And I'm going to ask you all this question. Uh, will you embrace Matt and Tanya as pastors and love and pray for them and their family and follow them as they follow Christ. 
by God's grace, we will. Good answer. That's good. So, Matt and Tanya, in the presence of this assembly, will you commit yourself to this new trust and responsibility in the confidence that it comes from God and is confirmed through his church? By God's grace, we will. So, Matt and Tanya Jansen, the office of associate pastor of White Rock Life Church, is now committed to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. One more thing while they're coming. May the, great, may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood. Come on up, folks, if you would. May he equip you with all you need for doing his will, and may he produce in you through the power of Jesus Christ every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Why don't you just come a little bit forward here so we can get behind you. And uh, Ev is going to open our prayer time. I'm going to close it. And whoever has a prayer or a blessing to share, uh, just let it be known and we'll get you the microphone. Join us when we pray here. Lord, we um, perceive and know that every good and perfect gift comes from heaven, from the Father of lights. And we just want to declare over Matt and Tanya this morning that they are gifts from heaven to this church. And we receive these gifts. We receive them as people. We receive them as, and their children. (laughs) And we thank you for them. We thank you for who they are. We thank you for who you've made them to be. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you for their patience. We thank you for their willingness to allow God to shape and mold them into the people that you want them to be. We just receive them now in Jesus' name. I just have the word catalyst. Actually, two things, catalyst. And a catalyst is, um, definition is a person or persons that is uh, the cause of an important change. And I believe by the Spirit of God that you are a catalyst, that these are people that are going to cause some important changes in the body of Christ here at Life Church. Good things. And with good things come hard things because sometimes change is hard. But God wants to let you know that through the catalyst, through the important changes, that because it's your heart, it's your heart, it's your heart, the love for God and the love for people that's going to cause these important changes. You are, you are, the Spirit of the Lord is upon you to preach the gospel, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring freedom to the captives, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he will rebuild the ancient ruins. He will rebuild. He will rebuild. And the second word was growing pains. There's going to be some growing pains. And as you embrace the change, embrace the pain. Embrace the growing pains. Growing pains are not a bad thing. They actually cause us to to grow up and to... And when when you've got growing pains, you can actually feel the pain in your body. Strength, newness, uh, 
things are happening in the body, that's, that's what's going to happen here. There's going to be growing pains, but embrace the growing. Embrace the pain because it's hard, but it's going to be good because God kind of just wants to uh, fling open the doors and, and cause, um, as it were, people to come in that have not entered these doors before because there's freedom for the captives because of the love of God and the love of people in the two of you. Just, yeah, the spirit of the Lord is upon you. He has qualified you. You are qualified. Yeah, greatly. God greatly loves your hearts and is greatly pleased by your faithfulness and your sowing. Watch the reaping. Watch what's going to happen. Watch what, what's going to come from your faithfulness and from the love of God in Jesus' name. For every journey has the destination. Some journeys are long. Some journeys are short. But whatever happens on the journey determines where the destination will end up. For I, the Lord, have been upon this journey. Some days it's felt very long and tedious. and Some days have been hard. and Some days have been discouraging. But I, the Lord, have had my hand upon you all the way. For you are trusted servants of the Lord. For I've been building within you a strength, a courage, a faithfulness. I've been building within you a patience. I've been building within you eyes of faith so that you would end up in this destination, at this place, at this time, in this moment. I have been putting all the pieces together on this journey so that you could be here today where I have anointed you for service. I put within your hands the staff of a shepherd, of people that will have eyes of God to see, to love, to care, and to have purpose in those things that are ahead. For I plant you here to love my people and to care for the sheep. I will anoint you. Great gifts are going to come out of you, but more than that, even there will be a great graciousness and kindness in your souls great patience, great love demonstrated. And even though this is a destination, you will now start a new journey. The journey has just begun. We're the next destination, the next purpose, the next plan that I have. For I'm going to build within you a strong house that people will gather around you. There will be in-gathering in this house for this place is destined for growth. And you are part of the leadership growth that will welcome them in and love them and care for them. There will come within your hands an ability to open up the word and open up the well that is within both of you, a deep well that has been stirring and growing. And it will come out of you and it will feed and it will strengthen and it will even draw people to this house to say this is where we belong. This is our family. We want to be here. We want to be just like the Jansons because there's something within you that will attract because you are the people of God first and then you're the shepherds of God second. It will come as natural things within you. And I really feel that there's an anointing upon your whole family, on your children as they grow up. They're going to grow up in this house to love the Lord with their whole heart. There's going to be gifts and ministries that will come out of them. Already you've seen little things happening in them. 
and attitudes in them and thoughts in them and faith in them that is already stirring in them. And there shall be a development even in this house of your children for the future. For the Lord's hand is upon you today. Rejoice in the Lord because here's a great destination that you will now stop your car, stop for a moment, but then get in for the next journey. The Lord's hand is upon both of you. The Lord highlighted to me the portion of scripture in 1 Peter 5, 6, where it says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and in due time I will exalt you. And the Lord says, you have humbled yourself under my hand, and it is my due time for you. It is my strategic and due time for you that you have passed so many tests. You've passed the test of honor. You have honored those who have been over you in the Lord. You have passed the tests of faithfulness. You have passed the tests of marriage. You have passed the test of family. You have passed the tests of servanthood. You have passed so many of my tests, says the Lord. And now it is my due time for you. When it's God's time, it's his due time. And I call you forth into my due time, says the Lord. And even as has been mentioned, there has been some slight trepidation sometimes in just considering your family, your children, this this moving time that you have moved with the Lord and the Lord would affirm even uh, more that his hand is upon your children as you have had a generational anointing, that you have had a bloodline of, of uh, ministry and servanthood in the natural and also in the spiritual. There is a, a transference of that that is coming forth in the days of head and you will so rejoice at that generational anointing that is coming forth for you are part of a big picture says the Lord a big transitional shift that is happening to release this generation to the call of God to the purposes of God and I put a fire within your heart and I put vision within your spirit says the Lord and many things will be birthed even as you have travailed over this moving time is not travail the time when birth will happen when birth will happen and there will be many who will gather alongside to see those things come forth so know that this will be a great time of flourishing for you flourishing for you and flourishing for your family there shall be a release of provision even as you have passed the test of trusting God in just the simple fundamentals of life of waiting upon him for every release of his provision there will be a flourishing and there will be an addition in every way in your life says the Lord and yes truly my spirit is upon you and I will give you eyes to see and I will give you timing and you will recognize my timing and you will step into it for truly this is the due time of the Lord maybe I could ask you all to stand with me just as we just have one more prayer I just feel that great grace has been given today. And it's been hard. But I want to tell you, the Lord says to you, you are going to receive, receive from this. There's going to be people coming yet that will 
overwhelm you with gifts of ministry and blessing upon you and your church. Amen. Do it, Lord. We thank you for that. Amen. Well, here we are, Lord. We thank you for this wonderful couple. And we pray, Lord, your blessing upon them in such a mighty way. Lord, you do all things well. And you know how to bless them. You know how to provide for them. You know how to gift them for new anointings and new, uh, new projects, new, new places of authority and ministry. And we know that as they develop, that they will be such a great, great blessing. God, we know that that will come from a fountain of blessing within them and strength that comes from Almighty God. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, <clears throat> what I'd like to do now is just make a big change in our order of service. We've, we've done the deed. The deed has been done. And uh, I am just so, so grateful to the Lord for, for this precious gift. The Bible says that God gave a gift to the church. Part of the gift of God to the church is a pastor. You two have uh, been such a, a great blessing already, and it's only just begun. Great. All right. Uh, we're going to just continue with our worship, and as, as you know, we, uh, we like to give to the Lord. We like to tithe. Uh, maybe you can't say amen too loud to that, but you know what? When, when we bless the Lord, he blesses us right back. And uh, so if you'd like to have an offering envelope, just raise your hand. The ushers will get one to you real quick. Uh, as you know, we also can receive uh, gifts and tithes online and also at the back at the Connect desk for your convenience. There's just one scripture I'd like to share. And then uh, for those of you that are new here, we actually say out loud together an affirmation. And it helps us uh, mix our faith with our actions, okay? So it's, uh, the scripture is from Psalm 86. It says, you are great and perform wonderful deeds. You alone are God. I, I could preach on that about giving right now, but I'm not going to. Uh, but let's just say this affirmation out loud together. As I give in today's offering, I reflect on the greatness and power of my God. God is capable of doing anything. No task is too large or too difficult for him. His power is never restrained. God is all-powerful. He does what he chooses to do whenever and wherever. God is watching over me, and he supplies for me by his power. Nothing is too difficult for God. Amen. Amen. God bless you today as you give. Uh, now, almost every week, uh, probably the last 150 weeks, we've had one of these handed out, but these came late. We do have bulletins available for you at the Connect Desk after the service, and in there are details about what's coming up. 
Uh, pretty much everything that I'm going to say is also online on our website, and I uh, encourage you to take advantage of that. If you follow us on Facebook, you get a lot of stuff, a lot of information as well. Um, we do have an annual general meeting coming up on the 23rd of October. Before that, we're going to have the, uh, the Tasmanian Angels with us, um, Bernie and Susie Hartog from Tasmania, Australia, are going to be with us in two weeks' time. It's going to be great. They have been here before, and I can't wait to hear what they have for us. It's going to be a good time. Uh, we have ESL classes on Mondays, and we could use extra people just that like to... If you like to talk, this is for you. And basically, it's a conversational English uh, as a second language class. All right? Um, my wife is going to uh, come up here right now because I think that's all I need to say at this moment. Wow, we've got some amazing things happening. Next week, it's Mike and I, it's our 40th wedding anniversary. And we're celebrating 40 years in ministry. And so we're going to tag team preach next week on life lessons. We've learned a couple things in 40 years. We thought we'd like to share them with you. So come on out next week. We're going to have cake. Our kids are going to be here. It's going to be a great celebration. And then the following week's Thanksgiving and special guests. So we're on a roll. It's good. Um, Adrian was talking about birthing in her prophetic word. And I just want to announce that we have a new baby in our church. Born this morning at 1.37. Baby Cooper Race. To Dawn and Christine Allgaard, seven pounds, ten ounces. Mom and baby are doing good. Uh, one thing I just want to mention, we're having a craft fair with the cause to fight human trafficking November 2nd. If you have a room in your workplace or your coffee shop that you frequent and you want to post a flyer, there's flyers at the back, and you can post those for us. That'd be helpful to help advertise. It's going to be a great, great time. What, uh, now, we've got a few changes for the kids. Because we're having a catered lunch today, our caterers are going to be setting up in our normal kids' church room. Um, and so six-year-olds and lower are going to their normal classroom in the preschool right across the hall. The rest of the kids are going to be going through these doors to the left and then left into the prayer room. So you're going to go to a different spot today. Okay, why don't you stand up, say hi to a few people, and we're going to let, let our kids go.
Okay, if I can ask you, please, we're going to uh, get back to our, our places, if, if you would. Uh, we're going to start the sermon part of this, of this meeting right away. You know what? At lunchtime, you can finish these conversations. And uh, you'll have time at lunch to uh, to share with different with your friends and uh, family and people you want to talk to. So if I could ask you, please, I I know that deep down in your hearts you want to do what I'm asking. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so glad that uh, so glad that Pastor Lauren is here. Now I'm just looking around for for kids. A lot of times we have kids that stay in the sermon, and we have a special worksheet for them. But it doesn't look like there's any kids that stayed in this time, so that's uh, that's fine. Um, so I'll just I'm, I guess I'll just leave that. Now, uh, just a little known fact: uh, Pastor Lauren was. Pastor Matt Jansen's pastor when he was growing up. And I didn't even actually connect that thought when I asked Pastor Lauren and uh, to, to come and preach. And we're so glad Linda's here too. We love you guys. Um, we first met, I think, in the 80s when Lauren was here for uh, Prophetic Assembly back in the day. I think that's when I first met you. And uh, I've always wanted to be his friend, and I'm so grateful that we do call each other friends, and for many years, he's been blessing uh, the churches where I've been, and we continued that here. He's been a great blessing to our church. A lot of you that are new haven't met him yet, but you'll be so glad to meet him, and uh, if, if you hear noises in the back, that's just good news, because lunch is coming, okay? So can we just welcome... Pastor Lauren Lewick to come. God bless you, brother. Well, good morning, folks. It's a, it's a real joy for Linda and I to be here this morning and to be a part of this great service and opportunity to pray with Matt and Tanya and uh, see the great things that are happening in their life and in this church. Isn't that right? Uh, we've met many of you previously, and we're so uh, joyful that uh, God is doing these amazing things right here in Life Church, and and this celebration of new pastors as they come into this house, and uh, yes, like Pastor Mike said, uh, Mike, uh, that uh, Matt and Tanya are great people. Uh, they love the Lord with their whole heart. They've been preparing for this day, haven't you? Uh, absolutely. And this is so exciting that this is part of the journey that they're on. And, you know, we know their family personally. You know, uh, Gary and Karen were on staff at City Life Church with us years ago. And, uh, you know, they're, they're people of integrity. They're people that have a legacy of faith. That means that something is going to happen. For sure, 100%, God's hand is upon them. And that when God's hand is upon someone, we're all going to benefit from that. Amen? Not just their family, not just their relatives, but also the whole church of Jesus Christ. And that's 
That's exciting. See, one of the greatest things about life as a Christian is that we recognize life has purpose. Can you say that word, purpose? Purpose. Life has purpose. God has made us for purpose. And uh, we get up in the morning with purpose. I hope you do. We get up. We go to work with purpose. We raise our families and we love our church with purpose because God has put that within us. He confirms that in Jeremiah 29, 11, when he says, for I know the plans I have for you. Stop right there for a moment. Do you really realize and understand this verse that God has plans for everyone, not just Matt and Tanya, not just Lauren and Linda, but every one of us that are sitting in this room right now. That if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, there is a plan for you. There is a plan for you. And that's exciting. There are plans for good and not for disaster. Yes, on this journey, things happen, don't they? They happen all the time. That's just life. I hate that. I hate that. I wish I could just walk through life without any problems and any offense and any unforgiveness and any stuff that comes along and sin and junk. Isn't that true? I don't, I'm a bit of a carpenter and I, I like doing some stuff. I've been fixing up my basement. And, you know, if you hit the hammer, miss the nail, hit your thumb, you want to say something you shouldn't. And you've got to wait till that thumb heals and all that pain's gone and all that stuff. But it's not much fun at that moment. And all of us have been through those things. But we know for sure that God has purpose in our lives and we're going somewhere there's a direction that we have no plans for good not for disaster to give you a future and a hope there's a hope there's a future and if you hang around long enough you'll find that out very true let me say that God not only has a plan for Matt and Tanya but a great direction and plan for this church I really believe it I've seen it from the beginning I've been here like his I'm really old because I was here in 1980. That's a that's long time ago, right? That's almost 40 years ago. And uh, things were just starting for Linda and I 40 years ago when we came on staff at City Life Church. And then we served in all the different capacities there in the year 2018. And so this year has just been amazing. It's been amazing. It really has. It's a new time. It's a new chapter. It's a new journey. Amen. You don't just stop living because you go from one thing to another. God is sufficient. God is great wherever you're at. Whether your hair is getting little and gray, less maybe is the word, and gray, God is still great and his purpose is true. He's still planning for you. He's still got things for you to do. It's exciting. As we look back on all of that, we realize that God fulfilled some amazing things, purposes and plans, and, and um, we were in his will, and we were in his plan at that time to lead and to pastor in Chilliwack, and we believe that's the very same here for Mike and Ev, now Matt and Tanya, and the leadership here that God has a direction for you to go to make life here in Life Church. Amen. I love that name. I, if I say City Life Church once in a while, it's because I'm so used to saying City Life Church and not just Life Church. But we're all kind of joined together, aren't we? We really are. See, everything that changes is a challenge. 
There's no doubt about it. It's important to know that God never changes, but our things change and journeys and all that sort of stuff. And Ecclesiastes 3.1 says this, To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose. Can you say purpose? Purpose under heaven. That means for you there's something that God is working in in your season. So new seasons bring purpose and change. And that's no different here for Life Church. Someone said, to learn something new, one first has to unlearn something old. And I've proven this because I'm getting old, that that's so true. That when you go on, you have to kind of say, okay, get out of my life or let that go. And I've had enough of that. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm going to start reaching out to what is new. And what's going to happen here? Many of you probably remember when music was first recorded on vinyl discs called records. <laughs> right? Has anybody got any of those vinyl discs in their house? You Look at all the hands here. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah, it is a bit. You know, but the interesting thing is that after the vinyl discs and records were there, in 1966 came the 8-tracks. And that was kind of my time when I was growing up. And the first, uh, you know, player that I put into my little sports car was an 8-track. That's right. And those are the days when I started dating my now wife of 47 years, is it? Yeah, 47 years. And I remember putting in the Carpenters, the 8-track click. It was like amazing that you could put this in your car. It's only just begun. You know, remember that? I know that dates me, but you know, some of you guys would understand that. There, there's, there was some com- cool music back in our day, too. But uh, anyways, those eight tracks were cool. I had a whole bunch. Didn't know where to put them because, you know, you've got these, you know, they're kind of big and clumsy and whatever. But then as we went along, in the 1970s came the cassette tape, those little dingy things, you know, plastic right? And they'd get stuck in your recorder and then you try to pull them all out and try to get them back in there and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Well, by the 1990s, CDs were on their way and became popular. CD, you know, con- compact discs that we called them, right? Those little little thin things. And uh, now today, all of that stuff's gone, basically. You've got to go to some kind of pawn store shop to find any of that stuff anymore. And sometimes they have lots of it because no one wants it. And so we, now we just download a song from iTunes or on the, on the computer right onto your phone. Click, you know, and you can listen to it, plug into your ear, put it on your, your car, whatever, and there it is. See, often change is difficult. <laughs> in fact, I think I'm still in the CD era. Yeah, it's, I, I don't download music onto my phone or, or my computer. I just don't do that. I don't really know how to do it. I'd have to ask my sons to come over and help me and show me. But nowadays, this generation, they know all that, and they do that just automatically because they don't know that other stuff. But here we're stuck in this time warp, and some of this stuff we have to let go. We have to say there's something new coming this generation. And, you know, even back uh, in Hezekiah's day, he was a king. Let me read 2 Kings 18 because I only have an hour here. Uh, So Hezekiah, son of uh, Ahaz, began to rule over Judah in the third year of King 
Hoshea's reign in Israel. He was 25 years old when he became, became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem for 29 years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Now, that's really quite amazing, this Hezekiah guy, because when you read about the kings in the Old Testament, you think, oh, man, they're God's people that are leading Israel and all that. They should be great men of God. Well, that's not true. Many of them were not like that. But that's why it says here, like David had done, because David was a model of godliness and living for God, and Hezekiah wanted to follow him. He removed the pagan shrines. He smashed the sacred pillars. He cut down the Asherah poles. He, he broke up the bronze serpent that Moses had made because the people of Israel had been offering sacrifice to it. Now, here's the deal. Good snakes can become bad snakes. Did you know that? Good snakes can be bad snakes. I call it the bronze serpent effect. We fall in love with the way things were and the way God worked and moved. We love those things in the pack. We love to talk about them. And we know that God worked through that snake. It brought forgiveness. It brought healing and hope. If you read it out of Numbers, the snake had been a symbol of God's work, but later became an object of worship. And the people were offering sacrifices to it and worshiping this this ugly looking snake. I hate snakes. Quite honestly, I would never do that even if there was a snake that everyone was bowing down to. One thing I would say, I'm not going near that snake. I don't like it. But did did you know that God never intended to use that bronze snake ever again? He never purposed for his people to worship it. So what do we do with old snakes? We have to smash them and kill them. And destroy them. Get rid of them. Stop worshiping them so that God can do something new. God wants to do something new here at, at Life Church. He really does. And he's going to. He's going to break out. He's going to break through. He's got plans. He's got purposes. He's got them all in his mind already. He hasn't, he's been thinking about Life Church for eons of time. That you would be here in this time, in this generation, for a purpose of God. So, ever since Pastor Mike and Ev became pastors of this church, they've been challenged with change. They really have. It just can't ever keep going the way it was. It's true. Not that the previous was bad, because God moved back then too, didn't he? I've been around a long time in church, and I've seen God move and do some amazing things. But God wants to move on. He wants to go on from here and move forward and build his church. The challenge is, are we gonna, what are we going to take with us, and what are we going to leave behind? Paul said some interesting things that I want to read out of Philippians chapter 3 about this, about leaving behind and what to take with you. Philippians 3, I hope you can just have patience with me as I quickly read this, starting at verse 3. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness, 
through obeying the law. Rather, I have become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith, not works. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, share in his death, so that in one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Amen For to that. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Amen? What a great portion of Scripture. Let me illustrate what Paul was talking about with two thoughts. First of all, leave behind or take with you. Two thoughts. What will we leave behind so that we can go on and take with us? Here's some thoughts. Number one, what have you done opposed to what Christ has done? Do you want to leave behind what you've done? Or do you want to leave behind what Christ is doing? No, we don't want to do that. We want to go on. Philippians 3, 7, those things that I once considered valuable, I now consider worthless for Christ. See, we all have experienced some good things and some bad things in our past. But what is Christ doing today? Do you ever ask somebody when they start telling you about, oh, the hymns, brother, the hymns. The hymns. Oh, I just yearn for the hymns in church again. Well, I don't think you're going to hear too many hymns in our churches anymore. I'm sorry to tell you that, but, you know, what you received, what you got from, God bless you. But what about what God's doing today? And I just use that as an example just to stir you up. Because we need to go on. We need to go on from where we were so God can do some great things. I love the songs that were sung this morning. Songs of worship. Did you notice them? Drawing our heart to Jesus, giving him praise and worship. That's what God wants out of our worship time. Let me say there's great things ahead for Life Church. New pastors have been set in today. Things that God wants us to dive into and experience and take part of, take part in. But the challenge is this. Are we going to go on? Because we must first leave some things So what God wants to do can be acknowledged and brought into our lives and into our presence and into our church. Number two, your importance, Christ's importance. Do we leave leave behind ourselves and who we are, our importance, and take along Christ's importance? I hope so. Philippians 3.8 says, For now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Many of you have been important to the success of maybe this church here. We've heard a bit of history here about uh, different people that have been around for a while. And you've been a part of that success. But those things become, are they going to become more important than Christ and what he has in store for us today? Absolutely not. We want to go on. We want to see that God is going to be able to move here in our midst. Sometimes our successes overshadow knowing Jesus. And we must leave those behind and say, what's going to happen here? That Matt and Tanya, you know, they're pretty young. They're pretty young. Well, you know, 
young and they, they're still quite young compared to me anyways. And, uh, you know, what are they going to say? And what are they going to do that's going to add to my life? Well, you just wait and see. Yeah, come on. You wait and see what they've yeah. gonna, they're going to bring to this house. And it's going to be good. It's going to be good for us to hear the next generation rise up and speak into our lives and shepherd us and help us to grow. Because we need to grow and go on from here. What shall we take with us and what shall we leave behind? Number four, our kingdom... Or pardon me, number three, I missed number three. Social identity opposed to spiritual identity. Paul said in verse 9, I threw it all away in order to gain Christ and to have relationship with him. This means that I didn't receive God's approval by obeying the laws or doing things or working real hard that I just burned myself out for the kingdom of God and for church. No, the opposite is true. I have God's approval through faith in Christ. In faith in Christ. What's more important, our social identity and our standing and who we are or the approval that comes from God, which is based on faith. See, often we strive for people's acceptance, don't we? We want to be accepted. We're all kind of the same in that. And then when we don't get it, at times we live in insecurity. We feel kind of bad about ourselves. or I don't really feel accepted like sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so. Man, they're doing things. They're getting applause. You know, they're being, say, you know, I'm just doing this. You know, what about that insecurity? We need to learn how to live in God's approval, in God's acceptance, because he accepts us just the way we are and wants to move in us. God wants us to know him now so that the future will be according to his will. Number four, our kingdom and Christ's kingdom. I'm going real fast so I can get this through because lunch is coming. I had a sneak peek back there and it looks pretty good. Our kingdom opposed to Christ's kingdom. Paul said this in verse 10, faith knows the power that he's coming back to life gives, that his coming back of life gives and what it means to share his sufferings. In this way, I'm becoming like him in death with the confidence that I'm going to come back to life from the dead. Now, if we don't believe that, we're in trouble because that's exactly what's going to happen. See, does our kingdom and our past play such a big part in our lives that we can't see God's kingdom today? What about God's kingdom today? What is he doing and how is he doing it? See, there are things that we need to die to. Some bronze serpents that need to be destroyed so that God's kingdom can come in us and that relationship can come. What is it that's holding you back from God's possibilities? Is it pride? You know, I don't know. I I thought I got rid of all my pride years ago. But I'm finding out that I still have lots of stinking pride. How about unforgiveness? Wow. How about offense? That can come so easy in the church and can be living in us and through us. And we're sitting on that side for sure because they're sitting on that side. (laughs) Hey, I've pastored a long time and I see it. People even tell me that. You know, I don't really like to see so-and-so. I say, shame on you. Shame on you. Wouldn't it be wonderful you could go sit right down beside them for the whole service? Oh, I don't think I'll ever do that. Well, then you better get with it. 
You better repent. You better get right. Because because God's coming for a church. Amen. That is working toward allowing his perfection to move in us and his righteousness to be in us. That's how we're going to get to where God wants us to be. Let it go. Let it go. There's a sister in our church that always says that. Let it go. Just let it go. But you don't know. Let it go. I don't want to. That's the problem. Let it go. Right? Number five, the last one. Past imperfections opposed to future possibilities. Paul said, it's not that I've already reached the goal or have already completed the course, but I run to win that which Jesus Christ has already won for me. This is what I do. I don't look back. I lengthen my stride. I, I run straight toward the goal to win the prize that God heavenly call offers in Christ Jesus. See, everything on the left, what we've done, our importance, our social identity, our kingdom, our past perfections, all those things. And what Christ has done on the other side. The left things will end up in religion. They will end up in legalism. They will stick to us like glue. Because the enemy, that's how he works. He just packs them into our pack sack every day. And he wants them to stay there. He doesn't ever want us to take them out and get rid of them. He wants us to carry those things around forever religious, legalism, but I go to church every Sunday. Well, good for you, but you're not going to go anywhere because that pack sack is so big, it's weighing you down. So get rid of it. On the other side is faith and future possibilities. How many want to live in that realm? Amen. Faith and possibilities. See, there are two books, the book of memories and the book of vision. And you can't read both of those books at the same time. It's impossible. Paul clearly chose to read the book of vision when he said, I want to know Christ. I hear it that that lived in Christ and lifted him up out of that grave and, and brought him alive again. That's the same spirit. You're in me, Holy Spirit. And would your power come and work in me? Would your power work in our church? Would you change us? Would you bring the poor and the lame and the sick into our building and so that we could minister to them your life and see transformation. We have to put more chairs up because we can't hold everybody. We have to go to two services because we, we, we have so many people coming. Why is that? Because I think the reason is many people have left behind and moved forward into the future. It's up to us to, to decide, folks, what are we going to take with us and what are we going to leave behind? Let me suggest, leave behind the snakes. Right? Leave them behind. Hezekiah actually destroyed that snake. It was around for a long time. It was way back when Moses, God got Moses to make that snake. Because the people had disobeyed God and spoke against God and spoke against Moses. And they all got bitten and stung. And, and so that snake was a representation of, if you would look at that snake, actually go to where it was on the pole, and you would look at that snake, you would be healed. 
You would be forgiven. You would be set free. And then after a while, that snake just became the thing that was there. And pretty soon they, wow, we worship that, that snake. Wow. And it became something that brought destruction and sin and, and, and idolatry and paganism into their nation. So we have to decide what we're going to do. Either have the goal to know Christ today for the future and leave the snake behind and let it go. Fight for love. Fight for relationship amongst us. Fight for unity. Fight for forgiveness. You know, the first thing we should say if somebody's complaining to us, have you forgiven them yet? Well, kind of. I don't really feel like I'm spiritually enough yet that I could do that. Well, shame on you because it's not hard. If you just say, I will forgive them. And you know what you do? You start praying for them. That'll change everything. That'll change your heart. I don't know how many times I've been challenged over 40 years of pastoring to do this. And when I see them in the store because they left our church and they're all ripped off at me, don't like me, I go right for them. How you doing, sister? Yeah, it's so good to see you today. And, and, and have you found a church yet? You haven't? Oh, well, I'm sorry. I hope you do soon. Linda walks around the other aisle with her buggy. And leaves me. Linda says, I'm out of here. But she's gotten better too. She really has. But, But I need to forgive. I need to pray. And then I need to not be afraid to say hi. Or give them a hug. You know, I've had some pretty harsh hugs from people. They're like this. I, have you ever tried to hug a telephone pole? That's exactly how it felt. But you know what happened? My love for them has grown. And I don't worry about them anymore. I'm free from that. I can go on and love people and care. Maybe someday that'll be restored. But I can give what God has given me. So what's important here, important as we go forward as a church, is that we get behind your pastors. Pastor Mike and Ev, as they lead Life Church here into this next season. It's really important, too, that you affirm and bless Matt and Tanya as you go and allow them space and time and, uh, you know, to flex their spiritual gifts and their ministries and. If you see them failing, oh, did you see their kids running right down the hall there when they're supposed to walk? My goodness. (sighs) Haven't they taught their kids that yet? They should discipline those kids. You know, kill the snake. Kill the snake. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. I think they're doing a great job. Yeah, I think they really are. You know, those, those kids sat there the whole morning through worship and while mom and dad were up here, hardly even moved. That's quite amazing for a family of their age. And so God is going to work through you and through them as Life Church goes forward. Now, what time is it? Oh, I'm done. Could we all close our eyes for a moment and bow our heads?
Now, maybe you're here this morning, and I just want to put an application to this. Maybe you're here today, and you're struggling to go forward. You know, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you're struggling with forgiveness. Maybe you're struggling with an offense or something going on in your life. And you're here at Life Church. Maybe um, you're listening to this word this morning and, and cha- being challenged to say, Lord, I let that go. Today is the end of that. And I wonder if I can ask an act of faith of you this morning without anybody looking around. If that's you this morning, I want to pray for you. I invite you to stand to your feet. Just stand right where you are and say, Lord, I want to go forward. I don't want to go back. I want to deal with some of these issues in my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's just take a moment now. Don't be afraid to stand. We're family. We're family here. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody else? Just stand to your feet. This is a new day. This is a new time. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, this morning, your eye is upon people that respond to you in faith. And Lord, I pray for each one of these great people that have, that have stood. Probably they've known you for many years, but Lord, it's so easy to let those things of the past rule us today. And so Lord, today I pray for a freedom that would come to them. Lord, whom the sun sets free can be totally free today. So Lord, I pray for a freedom in their spirit, in their hearts, in their lives, as they walk out these new days, these days ahead. And I pray for tomorrow morning that when they wake up, there will be a a freshness in their heart to serve you and to seek you and to love you. Can I just say, too, maybe you're here this morning and you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus. You know, I decided some years ago that I would do this after every service. And so maybe you're saying, yeah, I'm kind of observing this and trying to understand this. Maybe you've been here for a while but never have accepted Christ. Or maybe you have, but you're kind of cold. You've kind of gone off track a bit. Today is an opportunity for you to make a fresh commitment to Christ. And so I'm just going to ask you again, just close your eyes for a minute. Let's let's not be looking around. But if that's you this morning, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm going to ask everyone to pray this with you, with me this morning, just so that everyone can be heard. Let's pray this simple prayer in faith. Lord Jesus, thank you for being in my life. I understand that you're here. And I ask you this morning to come into my life. I ask you to forgive my sin. I ask you to change my heart. I ask you to take control of my life. I pray this in faith, believing you in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we give everybody a hand who said that? For those that maybe prayed that for the first time or... And let me just encourage you, if you did that today, you need to tell somebody you did that. Maybe the person you're with right now, or maybe even Pastor Mike or Ev or Matt and Tanya, just just say, you know what, I prayed that prayer. And 
you know, uh, we need help as we go on. And sometimes people can say, well, I'll pray for you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a call this week or I'll give you, do you have a Bible? No, I don't even have a Bible. We'll get you a Bible. All right. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Lauren. We appreciate that. Uh, that's good. I, I could say a lot, but I'm not going to. Uh, just so you know, if you would still like personal prayer, there'll be some time between now and the lunch. There'll be people at the front, just kind of behind these speakers on either side. There'll be people that'll pray with you if you'd like personal prayer for anything. All right. My wife is going to come now, and she's going to tell you all about what we're going to do next to get the lunch happening. All right. And so, just one more thing. Thank you very much for coming. We're just so glad to see everybody here today. Anybody hungry besides me? So um, in a moment, I'm going to pray for the food, and then um, I'm going to need some people with some muscles. We just want to pull these tables out a little bit so there's more space around them. And then if you could put eight chairs around each table. Many hands make light work. That will probably take five minutes if we all take a chair and put eight chairs around each table and pull them away from the wall so we have more space for our lunch. So I'm going to pr pray over this amazing food that we have here. Um, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you're doing. We, we embrace it. We say yes and amen. And we ask that you bless this food and this time of celebration in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. amen.